Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our podcast series. And for those of you new to CruxInvestor, click the button in the corner of the screen to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're talking today to Jeff Hampson, who's the CEO of Para Resources. They're a Canadian junior explorer with assets in Arizona and Colombia. We're talking with Jeff um, about the company, their strategy, and their access to cash. These and other topics are in the description below. Click on the timestamp, and you'll go straight to the relevant part of the video. So, uh, hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Well, th thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, speak with us. Um, we usually get people to kick off with a sort of two-minute summary on the business, and then we'll kind of get into some questions after that. Okay. Um, so Para Resources is a junior mining company. We have a couple of different properties, one in Colombia and one in Arizona in the USA. Both are uh, gold mining uh, opportunities. Um, and when we started this company, we really started looking for uh, mining properties that where there was an existing infrastructure, an existing mill, um, but also where there was um, uh, a lot of exploration potential. So we, we wanted to sort of bypass the, the, the period of time that it takes from a greenfield exploration to production by having some small production that could generate cash flow where the permits were already in place and where there were some sort of underexplored opportunities. Right. Well, okay, thanks. That's, that's quite concise. So if we, if we don't mind, can I just explore that a little bit further? Because I think it's fascinating, um, different companies with different strategies, hoping for the same outcome, obviously, but that doesn't always turn out that way. So tell us about a little bit about you. I know you're a finance guy by background, but you've got a, a big team of technical people. So you've gone out and identified two assets which meet, meet the criteria that you specified, which is great. Uh, was there any competition for them or did you get lucky or did you, who did you know? Well, I think that, um, you know, just about my background, I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years. I've built a number of different businesses. Um, I've been successful in, you know, being sort of contrarian and, and, and finding my entry point at, um, uh, at sort of the low point in the market where the sector was out of favor. Um, and um, I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, you make money if you buy well, um, and you have the right people and they sort of might write macro, uh, you know, environment opportunity. So um, one of the, the, the reasons that um, we're, we've been able to acquire these properties and acquire them relatively cheaply and sort of the, and if you look at it in a historical perspective, is because the sector has been out of favor and there has been no money. Um, and so junior mining companies have really struggled over the last uh, five years because uh, the the cycle changed, uh, particularly with gold. Uh, some of the majors overspent, leveraged their balance sheet, made bad acquisitions, and have spent the last five years really just kind of trying to fix their balance sheet by selling off non-core assets, um, by producing, um, but by not exploring um, and not increasing their reserves. And that has traditionally been kind of one of the sources of capital for the junior mining um, industry because the majors have allowed the juniors to take the risk and uh, and and, um, and and do the exploration and they've 
funded some of the juniors as they've started to develop resources. That has completely dried up and the retail investors um, you know, have fled. Um, in, in, on the Toronto Stock Exchange, the Venture Exchange, uh, everybody has been making so much money on marijuana stocks that nobody's really interested in the, in the, uh, in the resource sector. So while that's a problem, it's also ha has created an opportunity. And, um, and, and because of that, asset values, uh, equity values are at historic lows. So we've been okay. able to take advantage of that by buying cheaply. Right. So, I mean, no one sells the good stuff and certainly not cheaply. So what did you like about these assets specifically? You know, you, you're saying you one in Arizona, one in Colombia. So, the, you know, they're not too far apart, but, you know. <laughs> uh, well, worlds apart. But um, uh, what we what we liked about them was that and, and maybe I can just you know talk about them individually, because um, okay. in Colombia, you know, after the government made a deal with FARC, uh, vast portions of the country that had had been sort of off, you know, sort of off the grid in terms of uh, being welcoming for Western uh, uh, mining companies opened up, and um, there there have been a lot of small artisanal, some legal, some illegal miners, um, and we looked at that as being an indicator of where there might be gold, and. We, we identified the El Limon mine, which was a relatively small mine, 75 tons per day, 25 years, um, but still producing. But when we looked at that mine and, and, the, and the fact that it was fully permitted, that it has you know, capacity for tailings, there's lots of water, um, and the fact that all around that area, there were all these small miners, but that the area had never been drilled. So we said, okay, this fits our criteria, a small existing mine, fully permitted, that you know, with a little bit of work can be rehabilitated and improved to produce cash flow to fund a, an exploration program in this valley. And so we acquired the mineral rights for a sort of a 12 kilometer long stretch where there is this one a, a vein system that we know is there because of the small miners um, and that we know that it's the same vein system because we were able to go and check the, the, the geology. So the idea is, is that you know, we, we took this, this mine, increased the capacity from 75 tons per day to 225 tons per day, and then went out with the government to try and formalize some of these other small mines. And so the government told us that that would take about six months, but in fact, it's taken about three years. And so we're just now starting to see the, the, the ore coming from these other parts of the vein. Um, and um, you know we're we're operating, uh, we're we're cash flow break even, but we have a plan over the next year to bring these additional sources on, which will get us up to full capacity. So the idea is, you know, fully permitted, ready to start producing and exploration potential. And and we've looked at hundreds of different opportunities, um, and and have found two that we've acquired and we've got a few other ones sort of in the in the pipeline that we're looking at. Right, so how much, how much have you spent on that to date and what do you think it's worth today? So the acquisition costs, the rehabilitation of the mill, uh, the, the permitting work, um, about $12 million US in Colombia. Right, and how much more to go? Uh, it's, it, it really doesn't need that much more. If it needs more, it would be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's fully funded and it's cash flow break even from operations today. 
most of the capex has been in, invested. Um, so we're we're sort of ready to go as we ramp up the production from these other mines. Right, and and I'm sorry again, Holly. What are you hoping for in terms of production amount? There? Uh, it's uh, in tw in 2020. We should be somewhere around eight or nine thousand ounces, but in 2021, that'll go up to around fifteen uh, to twenty thousand ounces. Right, it's and very then... it's very grade dependent. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's a reasonable grade as well, from what I, what I can read. Um, so the, the hope is what there that that will be a cash generative business to do what D develop further, uh, sorry, explore further. Or is it um, create cash for other parts of your business? What, what's the thinking behind Eldimon? So the the mine site is fully permitted to 400 tons per day. So we have right. expansion opportunities there. But in 2020, when we're you know producing, uh, we will start a, an exploration program on this vein. It's called the O2 vein. Um, it's about 12 kilometers long. It's a series of parallel veins. Um, uh, sort of average grade on a fully diluted basis is around seven grams per ton. Uh, some parts of it are higher grade. Um, but as we start to drill that out, we would expect that we would be able to build, you know, a sizable resource. So we have a target of um, about a million ounces um, to be to be discovered in the next couple of years, um, at which point we think that we can justify um, increasing the capacity of the mill to 400 tons or more per day, um, and at that point, sort of generating 20 to $25 million a year worth of cash flow. So okay. we also think, um, you know, and this is sort of more of a macro discussion, we also think that at, at, as the cycle for the gold mining industry changes, and I can talk about what, what I think are those indicators, um, that, that the majors who have not been replacing their reserves that they've been mining over the last five years We'll be looking to buy um, reserves um, because it's cheaper to buy it is to, to buy gold in the ground than it is to actually go out and explore. Sure, and but sure, but it's going to take a lot more ounces than a million ounces for them to kind of you know come knocking at the door, isn't it? So that's why I ask, what's the what's the hope? What's the blue sky for Eligon? Well, I, I think you know there is potential for more than a million ounces. Um, it, it, it the cost of producing gold there is relatively low. It's about $725 um, an ounce. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, with a capital cost of, you know, $12 million, um, we can, our payback is sort of um, a year and a half. Um, and as we increase the size of the reserves and we increase the size of the, of the mill, that's going to, that's going to grow. So um, it's going to be a very nice cash flow business. Um, but I think that, you know, there's several different tiers in the gold mining business. There's the juniors, there's the mid-tier, and then there's the majors. You're absolutely right. The majors aren't going to come knocking for a million ounces, but the mid-tiers will. But this is why I ask you about strategy and why I'm always interested to understand the conversations that the board or the management team have. You know, it's a nice cash-generating business. If you think it's got potential to, you know, be a five million, seven million ounce resource, then, you know, that's, that's fantastic. You'll get a lot of people knocking at the door. But if it's producing a lot of cash, this may be, and I know you're going to talk about Gold Road in a minute, it's, it helps with another target. I mean, say, where are you positioning? Is, is you think it's a nice, small, standalone business, which 
may be able to grow or do you think it's part of a bigger story that you're trying to tell? We, we particularly like um, South America and Latin America. Our team has a lot of experience there. Um, and we see this as a, as a sort of a platform. Uh, we, will, we will use the cash flow to look at other acquisitions. We've got other things that we're, that we're looking at in Colombia, but also in Ecuador um, and, um, uh, and in Peru. So we, we see this as a sort of first step to building you know, a mid-tier uh, producer in the region. So, okay, so are those conversations ongoing at the moment or are they- Yes, you've got some yes cash? they are. They are, they are. Okay, and um, obviously there's a few people trying to do the same thing. So it's, it's a competitive environment. Um, you've got quite a few locals working for you, I believe, in, in the sense of the, the general manager Elimon is, is South American, et cetera, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, and we've got, um, we've got a number of people, um, you know, Randy Martin, who is on the board of directors and the COO has been very successful in Latin and South America and building out, um, uh, gold mines. He's, he's built some, sold some, um, and has you know, very deep contacts with government and agencies. And we see a regular stream of opportunities. But we're pretty picky, and so they have to meet the criteria that we've established, um, and we have to be able to buy them well. And you're right, there is a bit of competition, but typically the, the, the opportunities that we're finding are not being widely marketed. And so um, it's really more uh, based on relationships and being able to go in and talk to the owners and work out a deal. Um, so very few of these companies that we're looking at have actually hired an investment banker or have any kind of a process to to try and sell the uh, the asset. So it's really sort of showing up and saying we want to buy it and working out um, the, 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 the terms. But how do you do that? Because again, I, I do hear that story a lot. And what I'm trying to get at is the point of differentiation for you guys. So I know you've got a finance background, it's a very successful man. Um, have you got ready access to cash? I, I know one of the shareholders of your business. Um, have you got ready access to cash to be able to have those conversations to turn things around quickly? Because that's what it sometimes takes. Yeah, and, and the answer to that is yes. Um, and I think that we've demonstrated that by the fact that, uh, that the insiders, myself and particularly um, Glenn and Randy, um, you know, we have put up the majority of the money that has gone into this company. We're, we're now between the three of us about $30 million deep into the, into the, uh, into the company. And um, we have additional resources that we will we will, we can deploy quickly if the opportunity comes along. But there's also an advantage of having you know an operating profitable mine. Um, and for instance, our operation in Colombia is is unlevered. So um, you know next year, as we're starting to produce cash flow, we can use that as a, a base to be able to go out and make other acquisitions. Right. Well, that's what I'm coming to. That, this is what I'm trying to understand. You know, how, how do you build this? Because otherwise, there's a danger of it being the same story as lots of you know 30, I don't know, 35 million buck companies in the in the same position. It's what do you have that others don't? You've got your own cash in it, access to well, you're saying further cash from yourselves, but the ability to go to market, you think, with the right story. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that is the differentiator. Plus, I think the experience of the team and knowing, um, you know, how to make these operations work. I, I mean, narrow vein underground mines are are a bit tricky, and so you need yeah. to you need to have 
expertise um, and people who know how to, to make them work. And lots and lots of examples of um, you know projects where they have a you know a PEA or even a, a feasibility study that says that they can make money, but then when they actually get into the ground, they can't can't figure it out. Um, and and often we well we've looked at a number of those um, types of opportunities that are essentially distressed plays, um, and you know we, we some we've passed on others we've looked at and said well we would do it differently and here's what we would do and so. There, there is an opportunity there when you've got access to capital and you've got the, the expertise and the track record of, of working in that environment and also working in that kind of uh, uh, mind. Yeah, well, Alex, I think the, the ASIC number is impressive. If you can deliver that, you know, that, that's great. Obviously, the grades help. And um, why don't we get on to Gold Road and then maybe you might be able to join the conversation up then. Um, so Gold Road is uh, is uh, you know a bit of bigger operation. It's a 500 ton per day CIL uh, plant, uh, fully functioning. We acquired it uh, in two, end of 2017. Um, we did a, uh, a, a PEA, uh, and um, uh, which you know showed that that it was it had an 85 million dollar NPV. Um, that uh, you know we could produce 35 to 40 thousand ounces a year um, at an average cost of um, an all-in cost of about $825 per ounce. So um, we bought the asset for $6.1 million. So we bought it well. Um, we had an appraisal done on the, uh, on the equipment um, and it came in at over $20 million. So just on the orderly liquidation basis, we could have doubled our money if we had chosen to do that. But um, so it fit one criteria, which was, you know, buy well. Um, it, um, there's a, a resource in the mine of 215,000 ounces. So that gives us a seven-year mine life, but it's open at depth and open on strike. Um, it's got an average grade of around seven grams per ton. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a nice mine. Uh, it's in a great jurisdiction. Uh, the Oatman District is a historic gold mining area. The, uh, the mine itself is right on Route 66. Um, and so it's uh, easy access, two and a half hour drive um, to Las Vegas. So it makes it easy to get to. Um, and it's a mining district, so lots of people and uh, suppliers and, and so forth. Right. Um, very, very different than doing business in Colombia, um, where getting people and expertise and suppliers is a real challenge. Um, so what we've, what we've done is we've rehabilitated the mill We've uh, uh, done a lot of work and development work underground, um, and we're essentially a couple of months away from, from mining. Right now, we're just um, opening up a, a, a new area um, and, and at the 900 level. Um, as soon as we've completed the drift to the end of the, of the ore chute, we'll put the secondary escape route in, and then we can come in and, and start mining. Um, that's probably gonna be sometime around October or November. Um, and we'll be able to go right to full production um, now. We're actually stockpiling some material now as we're doing the development work as some of that development work is, is in the vein. Um, the vein in, at Gold Road is you know, sort of typically around um, three to eight feet in width. Um, so it's much wider than what we have in Columbia. Um, the grade is about the same as Columbia, um, but it's, it's easier mining um, and um, we, when we did our technical report, our consultants indicated that based on some of the drilling that had been done at depth, 
that wasn't enough to put the the ore into the into the resource, but indicated that the that the vein was was open at depth, and indicated that they thought we could increase the resource by sort of seven hundred thousand to a million ounces. And so right. over the next couple of years, we will do that. Um, we've already started drilling, um, but you know this mine is in very very good shape. Um, we've we fixed some of the problems that were in the underground that were causing the previous owner to 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 have some problems. Some just some fairly simple uh, uh, changes to the mining method, um, and just things like straightening out the decline and so forth. So I mean, we've done quite a lot of work there. Um, and it's it's really looking good right now. So, I mean, just just okay, tell me about the mill a bit further because I just want to understand that, and then like I say, I want to bring this conversation back together. Um, the the mill you've upgraded, it's got potential to be upgraded further, presumably. It, it's it's when we acquired it, it was five hundred ton per day. Okay, CI. yeah. And, um, just... and so what we've done is we've gone in and just completely. Uh, you know, sort of done maintenance, I guess you could really call it, because it was it was fine before, but we've replaced hoses, you know, right. um, put in new bushings, uh, you know, changed fluids, um, basically tested it. We've tested the whole circuit now. We've actually produced gold, so we know it all works. Um, the recovery is very good, 95% recovery. So um, the mill is in great shape. The underground is is um, is almost completed in terms of uh, development work, um, right. and. We're we're ready to start producing. So how do you, so, no? I guess what I was alluding to was you know how do you, how do you, how does it go from five hundred to a thousand tons per day, for instance, and you know how much that cost you, and when do you make that decision? Right, it's fully permitted for a thousand uh, tons per day, so right. probably about twenty to twenty-five million dollars worth of capex required to double the capacity of the mill. Mm -hmm. um, depending on you know what how we build out the resource, we'll make that decision. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting there about the exploration potential is that we've also acquired um, an adjacent property. There's there's actually a series of three veins that run through this area. Gold right. Road is the is the the northernmost vein, but about a mile and a half away is what's called the True Vein, and yeah. um, the True Vein has um, a, you know seven historic mines that were you know built and mined from 1890s through the 1940s. Um, and uh, 1.3 million ounces have been produced out of the true vein. But what's interesting there is that the, the, the vein widths are, are quite a bit wider, um, sort of um, uh, 13 to 15 feet in width, um, and the grade is much higher. So the average grade over the history of the mining on that vein has been 23 grams per ton. So, um, and because the the way that the mining was done back in the old days was is that there was an outcrop that showed the vein they started yeah. mining and they chased the vein um, yeah. but it's a, it's a continuous vein and it goes for about two and a half three miles but it has never really been properly drilled and so there's a series of vein, of mines along the along this vein but but it's never been drilled between the mines and the cutoff in those days was 0.5 ounces per ton so if they got to a, a section that was you know, at 5.5 um, ounces or lower, they would just stop. So right. we know from the historic mining records that there's an enormous amount of ore that's still in there. Um, and it's higher grade than it, at uh, Gold Road. So just, and because it's only a mile and a half away on a paved highway from our mill, um, 
know, we are hoping that we'll be able to establish some tonnage there and that we'll be able to mine that higher grade material as well. So I'm long story to come back to the mill expansion. If yeah. we if we establish tonnage at a higher grade, then we'll obviously want to to mine that, um, yeah. and we'll need more capacity. Um, and just uh, and sort of keep the, the the numbers straight. I mean, seven grams per ton at Gold Road yields thirty five thousand ounces per year at the mill mm -hmm. um, at five hundred tons per day. But you know, if we're able to find ore that m matches the historic grade, and we'll keep the math easy and say twenty one grams per ton, because it's three times, mm -hmm. then you know we're talking about one hundred and twenty five thousand ounces per year. Um, and the average cost, all in cost, goes down to about $500. So that's the exploration potential. We don't know for sure what's there, but certainly the fact that there has been historic mining there is a good indicator that there's gold and that it's yeah. open at death. Yeah, but bit of work to do between now and then, obviously, um, but lots of optionality. Um, but you're going to have to also spend a lot of money to do that. So that, so that project sounds quite interesting to me, Gold Road, which is why I asked initially about what's the plans in, for El Limon, because if that's producing cash, does that finance your work in Gold Road? And, is that, and that's a nice way to make sure there's no dilution, or do you feel that you can structure, uh, or structure a deal whereby there's very little dilution for existing shareholders going forward because you are producing there's some cash there's some leverage to be had so we we've invested into gold road the acquisition plus you know plus the work that's been done so far is about 22 or 23 million dollars mm -hmm. we probably got another three or four million dollars worth of development work to do before we actually start mining but the way that we've designed the development plan and the mine plan, we'll be able to go to 500 tons per day right away. And I mentioned that we're stockpiling some material, mm -hmm. but once we've completed the development into the 900 level, we'll open up a number of different stopes, which will get us the 500 tons per day. So we'll, by the end of the year, we'll be producing positive cash. And in 2020, I mean, we, we anticipate um, in our financial model, which uses 1250 for, per ounce for gold, that will generate somewhere between 18 and $20 million worth of free cash flow. So that's net of sustaining right. CapEx. So that part of that money, not all of that money, but part of that money will go into an exploration program for, to increase the reserves at, at Gold Road, but also to drill into the true vein. Got it. How much cash are you sitting on today and will you need to do another raise? So we're, we've got about $2 million in cash today. I, as right. I mentioned, we need another three or $4 million to complete the work at Gold Road. So we're, we're either going to go and do another small financing or right. we'll do it ourselves, you know, but, but I mean, we're, we're, we're sort of, you know, moving along at pace. So I don't, we're not, yeah. we're not particularly concerned. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and so if it was you, that's an equity raise that you're not putting money into the company as a loan or anything. Right. Right. No, there's a question. Is it which, which, how would you put the money in if you put, if well, you... I mean, probably in the form of equity, um, right. but um, it, it might also go in, in, the, uh, in, in some debt. We haven't really determined that yet. Okay. Okay. So it's quite interesting because you the management own a lot, a lot of this company. You, you're committed, right? You're, you're in. 
Um, so your decision making is you can genuinely say you're aligned with the, with the market um, properly. So that, that's mostly retail, Canadian retail, I, I would presume, is it? Uh, there's um, there's a bit of, uh, of, of I wouldn't necessarily call it institutional, but more sort of family offices that have um, have written sort of bigger checks and. You know there are some obviously some retail investors as well but um you know we've got you know probably 12 or 15 kind of mostly european family offices who have you know put in a quarter of a million dollars or so each yeah. um in in previous financings why european why, where does that come from um there's just been a better appetite for this kind of a deal in in europe than there has been in canada it's not for lack of trying um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work to try and raise money in Canada, but um, I've gotten a much better reception in London, Zurich, Munich, um, mm. and strangely, um, Budapest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Budapest. So, okay, so, that's a new one. That's a new yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I, I, I know. So, um, right. and, and, and it's, I, I think that, um, you know, they're, the Europeans have a little bit more of a an affinity to gold uh, than um, Americans and Canadians, as I mentioned before, have become distracted for, by marijuana. For aforementioned reasons. Well, let's just, just, just then focus on those people because I'm looking at the share price. You've had your highs and your lows, you know, highs of 21, 22, lows of 12. May was a strange month for you. What happened? Well, uh, there was a, one a seller um, that right. uh, decided to move his uh, position, um, and uh, uh, I he I didn't. It, it would have probably been better, just in you know, generally speaking, if he had called me and said, um, yeah. you know, I, I want to move this position, but it yeah. took us a while to figure out where all the pressure was coming from, and right. uh, an initial uh, contact with him was negative he said no i'm, I'm not a seller but anyway it is what it is this is the joy of yeah. being in the public market right uh, especially, the, okay. especially the especially the junior market for sure I, I i know i've learned i've learned this over the past few years um yeah you could I mean, you could have crossed you know it would have been great um okay so you know the the outlook for you i'm just looking i'm just trying to you know take it all in there's a new story for me new story for all of our subscribers um you know and i we need to kind of get to the bottom of these things to understand, you know, what's the rationale, the thinking, the strategy, and you know how you got there. And I think you've done a very good job of, of outlining that today. Um, but if I if I look at where the the future is, you talked about M and A, but you're not. I don't think you're not in a position anytime soon to look at M and A. You've you've got a lot of moving parts here as it is. Um, or would you disagree with me in terms of timing of that? Is, is the M&A just a story you got to tell the market or, or are you got to focus on what you've got? What, what, how are you tackling this? I think that we're very focused on getting these two assets up and running and generating positive cash, but we're also pretty opportunistic. And right. so um, there are some, uh, and just sort of be careful how I say this, but uh, there are some assets which are really good fits for us Mm. that are are available um and um we're moving forward on on, on doing a deal with those but right. it's because it creates you know a, quite a bit more value it's 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 strategic but also financial um and so we we continue to see a lot of opportunity 
And our goal is to you know, build out a, a sort of mid-tier gold producer within the next three to five years. Um, we think that um, we've got a fairly straight line to kind of 200,000, 250,000 ounces per year. Um, mm -hmm. It's not, it's not going to be easy, um, but we think we can do that with the cash flow that we will generate from these existing operations. Right. Okay, that would be great. That'd be great if you could do that. So you are looking at these small undervalued producing or near term producing assets, building up a portfolio, looking at different country risks. Are we back in Colombia and the States? What are you focused on? We're, we're not, you know, there are some places that we would probably not go. Mm. But um, we have an advisor uh, to, uh, to the company um, who is the former uh, minister of mining in Ecuador. Um, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Javier Cordova, and he yeah. is assisting us um, on looking at opportunities in Ecuador and Peru and Chile, where he has very strong relationships with you know, the, 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 the government, okay. and, and, and that, that is helping us to be able to sort of shortlist uh, opportunities. Um, okay. As I mentioned, we're, we're really focused on Know, getting the existing assets cash flow and 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 stabilized but um that's you know fairly near term for us i mean by the end of this year um both of these operations will be in full production and producing gold and um all of our models have been based on you know twelve hundred and fifty dollar an ounce gold so in this environment where gold is trading higher you know our projections of cash flow are probably on the conservative side um which is which is fine, but I think that there is um, there there is going to be ample opportunity for us to uh, look at new uh, acquisitions or expansions of okay. existing assets. Okay, yeah, I guess for investors, they're get, getting getting into production and making money are two different things, and creating value is yet again something different. So, in terms of those components you, you're saying that you can get into production quite soon cash positive cash flow that's a little bit further out and i guess for some of these acquisitions you may see some value being re not realized but being created for, for shareholders is that, is that the way you see the the future yeah i think that um you know like every public company ceo um i think our stock is undervalued um Good and man. our <laughs> our our uh, uh, mar market cap is, um, is is essentially one times projected 2020 uh, cash flow, mm. um, and so uh, you know the 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 our shareholders um, I wouldn't say have been long suffering, but you're absolutely right. Our our share prices stayed in a fairly narrow band between 12 and 25 cents for the last three years. Yep. Um, and so I think that we're in a kind of a show me stage. Uh, and so you said we, we need to, to, to produce. So I'm expecting that as we go into 2020 and we start showing quarter over quarter improvements and positive cash and we believe profits um, that the market will say, OK, this is this is a real deal. Um, and um, and that we'll see some appreciation in the stock price. I mean, I could be wrong there because I don't. I don't pretend to understand the public markets, but um, 
uh, or the sentiment of, uh, of of the public markets. But um, but I think that if we're generating positive cash, um, people will take notice. I think they will. And as you say, do what you say you're going to do consistently. And, and we haven't, you know, we haven't really done anything in terms of promotion. Um, we, we, we've sort of felt that it'd be better to wait until we're closer to achieving our goals and then start telling the story rather than be telling the story and having people have to wait. So, so this, you know, this interview and some of the other things that we're starting to do are in anticipation of actually getting out there and telling the story. Well, I've enjoyed listening to it today, Jeff. Nice, nice first uh, pass, and uh, let's stay in touch. Let's maybe in the next few months sort of see how you get on, and uh, as you get closer, some of these catalyst moments. Great, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.